Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Hari Kalameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEB 1450 AM, streaming at WCEB1450.com. If you are new to Radio Islam, if you're just joining the family, you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. That's uh, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or Google Play. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, family, there is there is quite a bit going on. Uh, first, I'm going to we're going to just go ahead and give my, my brother a moment to go ahead and give the salams, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Uh, we've got a bit to get into. Uh, and I don't know, actually, we've got way more to talk about than, than time. Um, and this is probably going to seem like it, it's not all it's not all about Trump today. It's not all. It's but not, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. It's hard to avoid. <laughs> right. In the times we're living in, it's hard yeah. to avoid it. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, we're going to start out. Uh, first of all, if you are keeping up with the news, uh, you know that on September 25th, uh, President Trump, he addressed the United Nations General, General Assembly. And he actually got a he got a really big and un- unexpected laugh. Uh, we want to first listen to a little bit of that speech. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to go through it more like play-by-play uh, play play kind of. I like that. We're going to armchair quarterback it. Yes. <laughs> so so let, let's start with the f- first play. Mr. Secretary General, world leaders, ambassadors, and distinguished delegates, One year ago, I stood before you for the first time in this grand hall. I addressed the threats facing our world, and I presented a vision to achieve a brighter future for all of humanity. Today, I stand before the United Nations General Assembly to share the extraordinary progress we've made. In less than two years, my administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. America's so true. I didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. Okay, where where do we begin? Oh, the the hyperbole. He he just cannot be a a salesperson. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's the speaking in absolutes, right? Yeah. Where like and exaggerating, like whatever we've done is just the best that anyone and and that's common theme throughout like his speeches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he says that the administration has accomplished more than almost anyone in the history of our country. Wow. People just can't help to start laughing a little bit. And then what happens is is uh, the most interesting part. He's so surprised. That right? people are laughing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, kind of like, what's going on? It takes a moment to register with him, to par- process what's going on. 
let's uh, f- f- for for those who are just mildly associated with uh, with history. Um, let's go back to we don't, we don't we don't even have to look at his predecessor. We don't even have to look at the Obama administration when we when we start talking about accomplishments and and what um, the president's response has been and what that has meant to the country. Let's go back to the Great Depression. Okay. And let's look at um, at that point record uh, record losses of wealth. Uh, there were thousands and thousands of banks that uh, went insolvent that, uh, you know, would disappear. They were here one day, gone the next. Uh, unemployment, just unimaginable. Uh, poverty at that time was, I mean, it was it was everywhere. It was commonplace. And here we read uh, the uh, Roosevelt administration. They introduce the the New Deal. The, this they they come. And they basically they inject socialism into the American government as a way to uh, remedy poverty that was just it was it, it had run amok. It was before World War II, so there's a little bit less of a stigma mm-hmm. surrounding socialism and that kind of thing. A little yeah, bit less. Yeah, and now as a matter of that, and that push against socialism that was very much a part of the the labor movement. Uh, all these things were happening at the same time. Um, uh, looking for uh, for better better um, care and, and benefits with the, as far as workers were concerned, um, but still, I, I digress. Go from there, go from 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 the, the New Deal, uh, where people were put to works and infrastructure was uh, put into motion. You know, we have roads, the roads that we have today, that this this highway system where you can basically get anywhere. In the country, you can get on a road, you can get on I-90, I-80, uh, 65, 95, whatever, and, and get wherever you got to go. That was a product of that time. So, Mr. Trump, um, I'm going to say that what you've done, you've just exhibited that just like the wealth that you have inherited. And you know that's the thing right now. You hear the New York Times? Yep. Yeah, so we can get into that a little bit later. <laughs> but the wealth that he's inherited uh, is very much uh, personal as well as the, the, the office that he occupies. He has inherited growth. So what, So anybody who's paying half, halfway attention is going to find him. It's going to find him amusing. Well, of course, like you said, the facts just don't check out. Yeah. And that's obvious. That should be obvious to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for the achievements that he talks about, he'll, he'll say that um, in the next part where he actually goes on to list a couple of accomplishments domestically. And it's also interesting that it's all domestic uh, achievements. When he's talk, speaking to the U.N., bragging about what's happening you know, inside the country, which is a little bit strange, I think, yeah. um, but I'm not sure. But what really stands out to me is I want to get a little bit, just in layman's terms at least, like psychoanalytical. Right. Mm-hmm. What do we learn about his personality um, and his aspirations from this display that went on? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's clearly it's not one of the rallies that he, <laughs> like we talked about before, right? Yeah. It's almost very uh, strange, mm-hmm. right? When something happens, uh, something scandalous happens or whatever, and then I'll go out and have a big rally, right? Yeah. Uh, I need to feel good about myself. It takes him, if it, it feels like it takes him a moment 
to register mm. that this is not one of his rallies because the the reaction that he gets is kind of the opposite whatever he was saying before people would just cheer if it was at one of his rallies but now mm. it's in a completely different uh, stage it's a whole different ball game and it takes him a moment to realize almost like where he is and who, who, who you know <laughs> uh, what's going on here yeah and i think that's kind of it's weird because it would seem that he'd look out into the audience and not see a bunch of maga hats mm-hmm. and get, get the picture you're at the the un general assembly and you're talking to world leaders, representatives of nations, and you're focusing on things that only really matter to the American people. Because that demonstrates, I think, it's not an issue with him of just um, looking out and seeing who's out there. It's an issue also of self-perception, right? Everybody loves me. Yes, everybody loves me. Everybody loves my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. My accomplishments are the greatest thing that the world has ever seen that kind of yeah uh notion um yeah so let's go on a little bit america's economy is booming like never before since my election we've added 10 trillion dollars in wealth the stock market is at an all-time high in history and jobless claims are at a 50-year low African-American, Hispanic-American, and Asian-American unemployment have all achieved their lowest levels ever recorded. We've had... Huh? You said African-American, Hispanic-American, and Asian-American unemployment levels are the lowest that they've ever been in in many, many, many years. Hmm. Now, there is... Now, here's the thing. There is some truth to that. Uh-huh. However, is that a result of the Trump administration's policies or not? The answer is clearly no. That there's a if you look at any chart, if you just google it, the slope goes starts going down around unemployment in general around 2011-2012. Mm-hmm. That was like the highest point and then it it's, it starts going down and it's still going down at the same slope, the same rate that it was at that time so it continued so it's really the policies of the Obama administration right. very clearly for anyone who can just look back at a chart you know f- f- over the uh, that measures the past like decade it's very clearly Obama administration policies that uh, started to heal the economy mm-hmm. and that same trajectory is continuing after uh, President Trump has taken office I think now the media needs to do a better job of of uh, refuting these claims or these half-truths with just simple facts. I don't think they've done a good enough job. They've mentioned, like, here and there, mm-hmm. but they are kind of give it a pass. Yeah. You mean as far as uh, him making that statement? Him making that statement and thinking that it's because of his own policies that this is happening. Oh, and, and you know what? I think that is about the... From a... I think from a... From, from an observational standpoint or anybody who is um, who's following from a um, from a uh, from a organizational from a business or accounting or any in a political science standpoint uh, it's ridiculous to see one administration in isolation of the one that preceded it uh, there yes. has to be some right. type of 
of, of continuity uh, that's present. And what he's trying to say is he's, try, he's, he's trying to say that I am the, I'm the variable, and as long as I'm here, there's going to be success. Um, and I was looking, and I think this is really interesting. So prior to his election, when, uh, as you mentioned, as unemployment was beginning to, to, to dip, he made the comment and said, he, he said that unemployment numbers are not accurate. They're not reliable because they don't take into consideration the number of people that have just stopped looking for work. So he discounted the numbers that were reported as as they were starting to drop down. Now, right now, we're looking at a, is that a 6.6% uh, unemployment rate? <clears throat> still still high um i think uh, i've heard numbers if they want to be under four right so that that's still that's still a bit off but the point is he says one thing when he's not in office uh those same those same numbers meant nothing to him or they, at least they were you know he tried to make them suspect uh and now i'm going to take credit for something that i inherited so therein lies the problem. So as people watch him and listen to him, they see that you talk about his personality or what, you know, what his words say about his, his state of mind is that he is dissociated. Uh, he is disassociated from, from, a re, from reality. There's also the issue regarding unemployment that just because people are employed mm-hmm. doesn't mean that their quality of life is good. Doesn't mean that they're able to pay the bills. Doesn't mean that that's they have point. good, decent health care and so on. But uh, that's 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 a secondary point. The mm-hmm. most important point is that just look at it. If we have any Trump supporters out there, mm-hmm. uh, we encourage you to look up the graph. Right? Just look up the information. Mm-hmm. Has the unemployment the unemployment rate dropped significantly during the Trump administration? Like at a faster rate than it was dropping before, or is it just basically a continuation of the same pattern that started during the Obama administration? Very simple yeah. Uh, question. Yeah, and and I also think I know you said it's a secondary point. I happen to think that that's a primary point. Uh, underemployment, uh, sure. and and the fact that uh, if you want to look at median incomes, uh, and and and. And the poverty line, and look at how many people who are working. You know, this idea of the working poor is not just a slogan. This is a reality, uh, and that's why when you hear uh, when you hear the discussion or, or the plans that Jeff Bezos uh, Bezos has with regard to raising the minimum wage for Amazon workers to fifteen dollars an hour, uh, which you know that's the magic number that's that's been thrown out that that's gives you the possibility for a uh, you know, for having a livable income. Yeah. Um, but how many people are working two, three jobs, uh, and what that does, the ripple effect throughout society. So you can tout lower, un- lower, uh, and lower, lower unemployment, but let's also uh, kind of dig deep into it and see what does that really mean? How are, are people's lives really change because those numbers go down and it's wealth that he's talking about this 10 trillion dollars who got it one other significant thing to note 
um, there's kind of a pattern that I think people have pointed out before. I'm sure people have pointed out before. Yeah. Of Democrats uh, fixing kind of a broken economy, and then Republicans come and taking credit for it, and then like ruining it again. <laughs> I don't want to sound partisan or whatever, but that's kind of what happened. Like uh, Bush Senior, right? The recession hit. Now it's arguable whether it's because of Reagan era policies or or the Bush uh, senior mm-hmm. administration, which was only like four years. But Clinton comes to office and inherits this pretty bad economy, right? A recession. Yeah. And then it gets better during his time in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, George W. Bush comes inherits that pretty decent economy, and then of course, as we know, the whole huge financial crash and everything happens near the end of his time in office. Um, Obama inherits the bad economy. The economy gets better, right, right. during his administration. Mm-hmm. Around 2011, 12, yeah. the financial crisis starts to heal. Unemployment starts to drop again. Now, President Trump gets in office in 2016 and once again takes credit for what happened during the Obama administration, really. Yeah. Now, the question is, What is going to happen during the Trump administration? Will the economy be ruined again by these kind of braggadocious policies? Mm -hmm. Or, uh, you know, well, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Is the same pattern going to repeat itself? Well, I think patterns are, they're a good indicator. Um, If nothing nothing changes, then you, you can, it's fair to assume that we will, probably end up in the same position um and i can't say that i'm all that um optimistic with regard to what he wants to do i mean because everything that he is about is it's about deregulation it's about giving money back putting putting money back in the pockets of those who already have money uh even the the so-called tax break that he gave uh i mean it's, it's laughable and and in contrast to the the money that the upper one two percent of, uh, of of income earners uh, that they received, so yeah, I, I think he's gonna he 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 probably will follow that same pattern, but we'll see. So what we got next? Next play. Added more than four million new jobs, including half a million manufacturing jobs. We have passed the biggest tax cuts and reforms in American history. We've started the construction of a major border wall, and we have greatly strengthened border security. We have secured record funding for our military, $700 billion this year and $716 billion next year. Our military will soon be more powerful than it has ever been before. In other words, the United States is stronger, safer, and a richer country than it was when I assumed office less than two years ago. We are standing up for America and for the American people, and we are also standing up for the world. You know what? I'm going to let you go ahead and take take first crack at that. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, um, why do we... What What purpose does it serve to parade our military strength in front of everyone in a situation like this at mm-hmm. the UN? Yeah. 
I think it's kind of ridiculous to present our military as if our military was lagging, as if we, as if there is some other superpower. We have bases all over the world. Right. <laughs> we have the globe covered. Yeah. If there's any action going on, <laughs> we, we've got we've got soldiers there. Uh, and, and we have the largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. Yeah. So, and we have already demonstrated we're the only country that has demonstrated the willingness to use uh, uh, that type of weaponry. Mm-hmm. Nobody, <laughs> we don't, we don't, there's nobody in our weight class uh, in that regard. So drumming up fear about uh, our military lagging or lapsing is idiotic. And then to take $700 billion to put into into uh into into the def- into defense what is what does that do I mean, where's that money coming from and you had to mention the wall too i love how you mentioned we're building a border wall <laughs> like as yeah. if that's a some kind of a great achievement that's an accomplishment huh. that's an accomplishment okay so let's go back well no, no you know I, I'll, I'll save that because i'm i'm going to take us back to the clinton uh oh. administration okay because the wall and the destabilization in Central and South America directly related to the policies that were enacted under the Clinton administration. Um, People were, a lot of folks were happy to stay where they were. Our trade policies just uprooted their economies and we saw saw that in uh, migration patterns, especially, you know, those who are coming here looking for some stability, looking for, looking for an opportunity to be able to feed their families. Um, but once again, everything that he says, and most of what our politicians say, is in isolation. It's not related. It's, it's just about today. It has nothing to do with what happened uh, in the last voting uh, session. So what, what were you going to say? I was going to transition to the real focus of our talk here right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I kind of pride myself in not being a Trump basher, right? I don't want to come off like I'm, I I try to be very uh, mindful and I try to refrain as much as possible from just Trump bashing, which is a lot of people enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, and they're getting a lot of material, to be fair, right? Like every day you, you turn on the news and it's something bashable, right? Mm-hmm. I do my best not to do that. And I'm, I still feel that I'm not doing that right now, but there's a reason why I'm introducing this kind of psychoanalytical angle into uh, President Trump's actions and his speeches. Okay. And that is because we want to talk about what happened today that all of us experienced at exactly 1.18 p.m. Central Time. Tell us what that was. Everything everything changes. So we all got the text, the presidential alert text. Uh, And I don't know how you you feel about it. I'm actually looking for, like, there's no record of it. It's not even on my phone anymore. Just it popped up, and now it's gone. Do you still still have have it on your phone? Yeah, I still got it. Yeah, see, I don't have it on mine. 
Sometimes you go to Amber Alert. Sometimes you go yeah. to Severe Alert. Amber Alert means a child has been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Severe Alert, like flash flood warning or something like that. Yeah. Today we got a new type of alert. It wasn't a national security or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was called a presidential alert. And, quote, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. Okay, great. So we're not all dying. Um, Congratulations. But why is it called a presidential alert? That is my question. Why is it not called a security alert? Why is it not called a emergency alert? Why is it not called a domestic safety alert? There's a million things you could call it. Why is it called a presidential alert? That's a really good question and a very good observation. And I I do think that there is a subconscious uh, appeal that's involved with that. Um, I this think it's more about the power yes. of, 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 the, of the labeling. That's why I need to set this up in terms of getting and trying attempting to get inside the psyche of President Trump. What's going through his mind? What do you think was going through the president's mind when he was up there on the podium at the UN and people started laughing. Like I said, right? It took him a second to comprehend, really, what's going on. Why are these people not cheering for me? So picture for yourself, what do you think was going through his mind? Articles started to come out over the past couple of days, and even earlier today I read one that uh, talking about this alert, this text message alert that is going to happen, right? And he's been, um, that the president discovered that there was this, like, line open, uh, this option that was available, and he was kind of like, oh, why aren't we using this? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's called a presidential alert is extremely disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like I said, it's a million reasonable things you could call it, right? Mm-hmm. Domestic alert, security alert, emergency, <laughs> whatever, you know? Yeah. Is the president, whom we've we've kind of been able to step inside his psyche and his sense of self-perception, self-esteem, and so on over the past couple of years due to all the stuff that's happened, mm-hmm. is the president viewing this as his personal line into all of our lives? Absolutely. Right? Only, only he and only Allah, right? No. But... I believe that you hit the nail right on the head with it. Uh, and I'll say, un- unlike you, and I, I, I appreciate that uh, you make an effort to to present some uh, neutrality, uh, you know, and be objective. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, I don't get any pleasure. I'll say this. I don't get any pleasure out of so-called bashing him. But... I have to say that every day uh, realizing that we have someone in the in the office of of president who embodies a complete lack of uh, lack of empathy, uh, just a lack of just 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 no class. Oh, we're not even going to talk about what he said about Dr. No, no, we'll we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, 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 it is infuriating. It's infuriating on on so many levels, uh, so it's not so much about. It's not even, it's not even so much about his politics because we've had 
we've had politicians, we've had presidents whose interests were not aligned with uh, segments of the population. Right. I mean, go back to Clinton. Look at what he did with mass incarceration. Look at what he did with uh, with with three uh, strikes. Yeah, that whole deal. So, um, but there's something to be said about at least appearing civil, and 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 just respecting the office. And there's there's absolutely none of that for him, uh, with him. So it's difficult to. It's difficult to talk about him in any other way other than to just go back because he, he keeps giving all this, all of this, you know, he just gives you so many reasons to say this guy should not be president. Just should not be on any, any day. I agree. Like I, like I said, to those that want to bash, yeah. there's plenty to bash about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um. But back to the point you're making, I think that's that's an excellent point. Yeah, why is it called the presidential uh, alert? I and feel it seems it's a power trip. Yeah, exactly. It seems like th- he views this as his personal line, his personal conduit into all of our lives. To now, what is going to be really scary, mm-hmm. and I and <laughs> just observing what's happened over the past couple of years yeah. since he's been in office, I would would honestly not be surprised i would be appalled Mm -hmm. but not surprised not shocked Mm -hmm. if we were to see a presidential alert about policy the democrats are stupid because they did this wow or uh tariffs on china was a huge success presidential alert sent it out you know because technically now i don't know well i wouldn't say that i wouldn't be so sure but it's a it's a question. Technically, does he have the authority to do that or not? It's appalling and it's disturbing and it's you know dystopian, tyrannical. But yeah. does he technically is he within his right to do that? I don't know. Well, I don't I don't think no I don't think that he has that right. I think that if he did it, uh, that definitely I don't there's any there's nothing about executive power or privilege. Uh, the executive branch that that could justify that type of arbitrary communication. You want to sell, you want to turn every single day into a rally. Anybody with a cell phone is now, you know, and what comes next? So it's not just the alert. Now he's going to start. He's going to send everybody text uh, messages, uh, send everybody pictures, you know, with the "Make America Great uh, uh, Again" hat. Uh, no, I, I think that Congress would be put in a position where they would have to they would have to put some checks on them. I, I just can't see that. But you know what? Don't, it's it's always somebody who says I can't see that happening. Don't don't underestimate the spin, right? Yeah. We're building for example, if the wall is not built, if the border wall is not built, our country is going to be destroyed or something like that. It's an emergency, right? right? Yeah. It's an emergency if we don't ban people from coming to this country because they're going to hurt us, mm. right? It's emergen- our economy is going to be destroyed if we don't send tariffs on this country. Oh, that's an emergency, right? Don't, don't underestimate the spin, especially from this administration. So, yeah, I hope you're right, but it, it makes me wonder. And reasonably so. And I think that it's probably important. It's imperative 
that we get out of this space where we believe that, like in the movie, um, yes. in Fahrenheit 11.9, where people thought that the Constitution would save them. And I'm talking about the, 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 the Germans, the, the German Jews, uh, did not believe that they would be put in a position where their lives would be uh, in danger because the Constitution would save them. So even right now, as you talk about this, right? And it was right? just some, they thought it was something just too far fetched to ever happen. It was too, uh, it was too, too far away from the norm. Yeah, too far away from what could you know possibly transpire in their minds. But we have too many, we have too many examples in history of absolute atrocities taking place that the people who were there on the ground. Never thought they always no. There's no way in this this is going to happen. No way. So I think we probably need to get get this out of our heads because, unlike Ronald Reagan, who who also came from the entertainment industry, he was an actor, but he did he did cut his cut his teeth as a governor, right? Mm-hmm. So he had some experience. So you can't really make that same type of a um, comparison between him and Trump. I don't think. Matter of fact, nobody believed. Most folks didn't believe that there was any possibility that Trump would be the president. Like the, the most f- people, craziest thing in the world. I mean, most I people, did, but yeah. Oh, you, you thought I, 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 I didn't. I was worried though. I know the, the the news outlets didn't for some reason. Just I thought it was really foolish of them, especially considering they, lo- they gave him so much free airtime. Yeah. Um. And I did feel almost a different subject. I did feel like they yeah. were using polls, like the polls they were using, had no real accurate reflection of the electoral system. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. what happened happened. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the whole point being, we're at a time now where we cannot assume that the unthinkable cannot happen, because the unthinkable has already happened. Uh, and a part of that is going back to this analysis. Being a uh, narcissist or having narcissistic tendencies, uh, this is a person who wants to be the center of attention at all times. And it's not enough that, I mean, basically, anytime he wants to be on on air, he's on air. Anytime he wants to talk to the media, all he has to do is walk out and he's, he's got people ready to, uh, to speak, uh, to, to listen to him talk. And have you listened to, I don't want to go off too much, but have you listened to uh, his recent interactions with the press? Have you heard? Um, which ones? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, so there was one, and I don't know if he was, she was, uh, the reporter was from CNN. I think so, yeah. But she was trying to ask a question, and he says, uh, he's like kind of cut, cutting her off, and then she says something, and he goes, uh, oh, it's okay, you, you don't think. You never think. You never do. Right. Like insulting the people that are, that are there to, you know, to, to document what is going on. And then they go so far as the official White House transcript. It doesn't say you didn't think or you don't think. It says you don't think. And that's not the first time that the official White House transcripts have been altered. If you go back and listen to audio what they write down, two totally different things. So I, I, I bring that up because, uh, oh, you found it? Oh, it's great, great. Listen. 
President yeah, Trump let's listen to this. Cecilia Vega was so harsh that someone tweeted, does the White House have an HR department? She's shocked that I picked her. It's like in a state of shock. I'm not thinking, Mr. That's President. That's okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. I'm sorry? No, go ahead. The White House went ahead and somehow... Man. How... Okay. So, I listened to him. I get a bit... Um, almost a little frazzled because how do you support that? I mean, how do you support that, that lack of civility, that lack of professionalism, uh, and this undertones of, of misogyny and chauvinism that just that just leak out when he's talking? Now, ho- ho- oh, hold on. Yeah. Hold that thought. <laughs> uh, we'll come back from break, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> We've lost ourselves. All right, we'll be back in a minute. This is Radio Islam. We're on WCEV 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to Radio Islam. We are on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Remember to keep up with us on social media. Follow our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And take a moment to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. Uh, definitely get us on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, TuneIn. Um, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. So we... Uh, my brother Ibrahim, Ibrahim and I, we have been talking about what everybody else is talking about. Uh, 1.18 p.m. today. It will. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. He has access to you now. Yep. The president has a personal line into your private life. And you can't block him. Right. It cannot be blocked. It's not like Twitter where it's your choice whether you look at it or not. Yeah. If you got it a phone, interrupt whatever you're doing on your phone. It will interrupt you. I wonder if that works on burners also. Hmm. Hmm. Just just a little something to look into, right? And one more thing. Um, wouldn't it make more sense for the state that you live in to have control over the service rather than the federal government? If there's like a weather emergency, for example, or a, yeah, uh, you know, car accident or whatever. Like Amber Alert is from the state, right? It's right. not a federal thing. Doesn't the state have a better pulse anyway on what's happening in the state, obviously? The uh, the counter to that would be, uh, and, and the only way I see this really being utilized, um, would be if we are under a nuclear attack. Yeah. Right. Now, that's something that they would be they would have firsthand uh, information on uh, and, and get it out. Other than that, I really don't know the the, the reason for, for for having this. I mean, because it basically duplicates emergency uh, alerts that we already have. Because those deal with weather, like you said, and they also deal with, um, you know, if we got amber alerts. But other than that, the only thing I can think of is nuclear. And you remember back in, um, I think it was within the last six months, was it Hawaii? Yeah. They got that uh, a mistaken alert. Everybody yep. got False alerted alarm. on their phones. And um, actually said, this is not a drill. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. part of it's it. It's going down. It's, it's happening for real. Yeah. Uh, they say, I think it was like get underground or something like that. Yeah. Seek shelter. So if you talk about distractions and the ability to. Um, so uh, bottom line, bottom line is this, is that. Uh, we have seen how this type of access can be used um, to to instill panic. And when I think about uh, this president and his his propensity for distraction, I really think that we are we're at the very beginnings of uh, of, of witnessing him using this type of access to create distractions that we could not, that we would never imagine. So, yeah, so that that's uh, that's where we are. And then there's also, because um, we, we were listening to the, um, who was that? I, I don't know, I don't know her name, but the reporter that he spoke to. I forgot her name. Okay, well, does this really, it, it really doesn't matter, the, the name, because it could it could have been anybody, but the point was, how he responded to her, and you know, just that 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 chauvinism and misogyny that's just just right under the surface. 
what do you do about that? You know, what what do you do about that? How do how do you still uh, stay feeling like you're a good person when you listen to somebody when your hero is a bully? How do you, how do you reconcile that? I still haven't figured out how the how the those faith leaders and coalitions who put their trust in him, um, how they sleep at night. Yeah, evangelicals. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, actually, we talked about it first here about uh, started talking about it like last year, right? Yeah, uh, the whole evangelical thing. How do they reconcile um, Christian conservatives? Many Christian conservatives, mostly evangelicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get the feeling that like mainstream, like mainstream churches, like Catholic Church and um, Lutherans and Methodists. That they were big supporters of Trump, yeah. But it seems like mainly evangelicals, yeah. And folks, you do know, uh, evangelicals. It comes from evangelize, right? That's the whole idea. And what what are you evangelizing? You're evan- you are spreading the word, uh, and a big part of the word is what is mercy. It's, it's forgiveness. It is uh, it's service. It's charity. Uh, it's restraint. It is everything that this president is not. So leave that alone. Um, there was also something. You got anything else on this before? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was also, um, I saw this video on Twitter. And this actually made me really happy. And it made me happy because... I think that we hear so much uh, about the negative that is taking place. Uh, Not that we shouldn't be aware of it, but our attention is drawn to it, and it becomes bigger than it actually is. And the those acts of 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 real of of service and and neighborly attention and, and and love, those don't they don't get the kind of attention that they should. But I'm happy because. This short, this short little clip that uh, that somebody got, it does it, it. To me, it's a celebration. So listen to it, and then we'll kind of give you the backdrop as to what you are, what you're hearing. Harass people. Hey, you get out of here now. You know what? Do not. I'm care. calling the cops. You know what? You leave these women alone. Get out. You don't go. You come from a uh-uh. generation. No, I do not. I have respect, and it does not matter. You, you don't harass lose. people like this. You will this. lose your temper. All right. You will lose this. No, you need yes, to leave. Yes, you will. You will leave me How you doing? I absolutely, I absolutely love this. Uh, so what we just heard, there were two, uh, two women who were speaking Spanish, and another woman, uh, happens to be a white woman, who comes over to... In some kind of... Uh, grocery store or something? Yeah, some grocery store or drugstore or something like that. Yeah. And she uh, comes over and she starts harassing them because they're speaking Spanish. And I imagine that she probably said something like, you're in America, speak American. Uh, And then another woman, who happens to also be a white woman, comes over. And that's who you heard checking her. And a part of it's funny to me because she almost sounded like she was shooing you know, <laughs> just shooing, uh, you know, just a, a dog almost. Just you get on out of here. <laughs> you know, you get. Uh, 
it's revealing because uh, two things. Yeah. First, the woman who is the harasser. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she thinks she's really taking a stand and like doing something important. She does. She does. By you know preventing people from speaking Spanish, as if that's going to like improve somebody's lives or something like that. Climate change is very right very there. strange. Mm-hmm. The second thing, as she's walking, as she's finally convinced to walk away because of the the courageous woman's basically shouting at her, telling her, get away from, stop harassing these people. Right. As the harasser is walking away, she's telling the other woman, you're going to lose your country. Yeah. You're going to lose the country. Yeah. But you know what? Go back, go back further. She also says, she's trying to justify what she's doing. She says, you're from a different generation. Yeah. Right. And I think that that is very important because a lot of the speech, the attitudes that people have, honestly, uh, prejudice, racism, bias, a lot of these things, these all begin in the home. And they are, they are reinforced, especially when you're in communities where uh, there is very little, if if any, diversity. Or if there is diversity, uh, those folks who are from minority groups, oftentimes they find themselves assimilating super hard, right, to the point where it's just a complexion, right? They don't speak a different language. They, they do their best to absolutely fit in. So she... Her 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 viewpoint, and her, uh, I think it's just it's emblematic of so many people who who talk like like her. It definitely is. There is a generational element to it. We've talked about this a little bit before. Mm-hmm. How uh, actually, Chris Rock talked about this in the nineties. Mm-hmm. One of his jokes. You know how there's this perception of created that the older white generation is going to like lose America right yeah like they're losing America somehow mm-hmm. um, whether it be to just a younger generation of white uh, young people and and multicultural you know younger people or to immigrants from other countries there's this pretty strange notion that an older white gender if you're over the age certain age and you're white that you're like losing america you're losing your country and it's clearly displayed here yeah and was pretty uh prominently displayed in 2016 in the election absolutely absolutely and in this idea of inheriting so it's not just her generation uh and she looks like she might have been maybe you know 60 or maybe a little little older maybe i'm not i'm not sure the harasser the harasser Right, she, uh, yeah, maybe 50, <clears throat> something 50 years, maybe 60, yeah. Yeah. But the the idea is that even as her views were shaped uh, in, in her home and uh, reinforced in society wherever she grew up at, those views, they've, they're replicated. It, they don't, they didn't end with, you know, with, with her, her generation. Um, and, and to go back once again, if we, if we look at the election, you know, 2016, that there are people who've been handed down that worldview who believe that America is theirs and they have a right that exists above and beyond anybody else. Everybody else comes second. This is ours. And so I, so that's why I said I really loved, I love that video because this other woman comes up, nah, that's, that's, that's not what's going on. Uh, what you're saying is out of pocket. And and to me, 
that's the kind of voice that should be celebrated because that means that's somebody who has grown up or her, her worldview is shaped obviously in a, in a in a different way you know where pluralism and democracy and di- i mean and diversity are you know are important and worth standing up for so i that made me smile yeah one thing you mentioned i agree with um the problem is not just people feeling like they're losing because of because they're literally losing the money or whatever mm-hmm. the the very disturbing thing is that people think they're losing simply because they see other people gaining something yeah right so it's like just be, for me to be jealous of you even though my situation hasn't changed that much mm-hmm. but because i see you making money that gives me the perception that oh i'm somehow like losing yeah. I, I should be the one making money not you you know mm-hmm. that's uh pretty disturbing but yeah like you said it's uh very encouraging to see someone stand up for people they don't really know most likely strangers in the store right mm-hmm. being harassed and to stand up for that yeah that was that was beautiful yeah so shout out, shout to, out. to the to the lady uh and and everybody that does this because we we know that these this is not an isolated incident. If it makes it on a social media, if somebody happens to catch it on a on a camera and post it, we know that these things are not happening in, in, in isolation. That there are other incidents, and there are other people who are standing up and and pushing back, um, pushing back people who have these these antiquated and elitist and privileged uh, ideas that America is theirs right and the and it, your very existence your presence is offensive to them right doesn't matter how qualified you are or what you bring or, or the fact that the fact that you are here actually america is a greater place it is a better place because you're here they don't see it that way it's it's a it's a win it's a lose right scenario it's not a win-win with mm-hmm. them so yeah so shout out to the lady um radio Islam, appreciate you can we give a shout out to? Oh, about to get in trouble. Can what? we give a shout out to a? <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> to a beer Do company. Yeah. Not that we condone drinking beer because no. it's something forbidden in Islam. Right. But the Good Beer Hunting Company, based in Chicago, I believe, so one of our peoples. Yeah. They have immediately changed their name on Twitter to <laughs> the company the. Their identity on Twitter is now called Presidential Alert. Presidential Alert. <laughs> so quick reaction time. Uh, that's the, I guess, the skills, the way man. to react to a Presidential Alert is yeah. to call yourself Presidential Alert. So shout out some very high-level trolling going yeah. on there. Very high. Very, <laughs> very high. I mean, you got to think about this because, you know, every name, every handle on on, on social media Somebody is the the first to get that that first one right. It'll be somebody else that'll come up, and it'll be presidential alert underscore one, right? Or they'll spell it slightly different. But these guys, they were the first, and they, and they right out of right out of Chicago. So yeah, big ups to y'all. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Radio Sound family, we thank you all for. For, for, for hanging with us for this conversation, uh, for this reflection, um, I don't like to st- I don't like to use the word woke, right? 
but stay woke, right? Stay, stay alert, stay aware, pay attention. Don't think that the unthinkable can happen, right? Don't get caught, as they say, don't get caught slipping. That's it. That, that's, that's what, I think that's it, right? Don't get caught slipping. All right, so we thank you again for tuning in. Um, thank our engineers, those good guys over at WCV. Thank you very, very much for making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our, uh, our, our, our producer, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Pujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed tonight uh, by the host, uh, guests, by us, these are our views, not necessarily the views of Sound Vision. And with that, we are going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.